Welcome to the Dental Master Series podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermolen. and this podcast is dedicated dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these same people also genuinely want to help you be able to do the same. Uh, today, I'm so honored to uh, welcome back uh, Dr. John Phillips. Um, I've asked John to come back in and uh, we're going to do a little series on um, some stages of growth in the practice and uh, and I'm excited to do that and John's excited to do it as well. Uh, How you doing John? Matt I am I am doing great listen I am so excited to be here Uh, when you when you told me what you wanted to talk about I thought man I am all in on this different stages of a dental practice I can't wait um, to to go over this it's going to be a great refresher for me personally um, for, for, for my associate doctors, I'm going to have them for sure listen in onto this. And then I have several friends that this is must, uh, must hear, uh, information. So I'm, I'm really excited about it, Matt. Thank you. Well, great. Um, so, um, so the title of this, uh, webinar is, is the four stages of growth, uh, and profit in the general dental practice. And, and I'm going to subtitle it by saying, we're going to talk about you know, what you don't know about what you don't know. Um, <laughs> um, because there's always this mystery about uh, different practices. And, and, um, and I think um, a lot of um, what happens in practice management uh, organizations is there's uh, really a focus on that. You, all, you always see it, right? It's written or advertised. Hey, we're going to take your practice to the next level. And I always started thinking about that. I was like, well, how do you even know what level you're at in the first place? And, That's so and true. How many, how many levels are there? So basically I've defined four levels and I'll go over those in a minute. But um, but I, I have a, you know, a feeling that uh, most dentists, and, and I was there at one time too, is that, you know, when, when you hear about uh, going to the next level, there's this feeling by that by the dentist that you just have to work harder and faster. You got to put your nose down and work harder and faster. And, and almost uh, to put an analogy is to picture yourself as the slave down the bowels of some ship and you're <laughs> rowing harder and faster and you have no concept of where you're going or, or, or even, even if there's any kind of destination or even when you get to the destination, really what the reward um, even is. And, and there's this, um, there is a place for working harder and faster. And, and John and I, I'm sure will tell you that um, there's different places where we had to work hard, but um, you know, growing a dental practice is hard work, but it's critically important to know where you are. You need to know what the score is. Um, you know, you need to know where you're headed for your, for your next win. Um, the long game cannot be uh, just uh going down and, and, and working harder, faster, and then coming up for air to see, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing better, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've met so many dentists who are, uh, quote unquote, burned out. And basically what's happening with them is they're, they're basically trying to string a bunch of hundred, hundred meter sprints into a marathon and, you know, only to be just chronically exhausted and very disappointed in, in their overall path in life and, and in dentistry. Um, they're basically their slave in their own ship. I mean, that ship is our dental practice. They're rowing hard, uh, and, uh, and, and they're, and they're, they're just being, you know, they're rowing harder and harder, basically, to be, a, and I'll just say, to avoid being whipped by the uh, the overhead taskmaster. Yeah, but Matt, uh, but Matt, listen, you, I've got to stop you right there because this ship analogy is so so very true. Because you're down underneath the ship, you don't know where the ship is going. You don't know who's steering steering the ship. You don't know which way the rudder is, or you don't even have a compass as to where you're going. I right. I, I like where you're going with this. Right. And so, and then let's say you might have a good month. And so you, you kind of surface and you go, wow, uh, that, that was a good month. I, I'm kind of flush with cash. And the problem is, is um, I like what you said about no compass is that when you do let, let you, you get on the deck of that ship uh, and, and then, you, and then you've had a good month, but you probably have no clue about why you had a good month necessarily. And so you're just sort of in this fog. And like you said, you don't have a compass to even know where to, to go with that. So, mm. so with that analogy, um, I just want to identify the, uh, what I call the four different stages. And, and I'm talking about uh, basic a practice where you're in, in one location um, type of practices. Um, so the stage one practice is um, 
was, is what I call a solo uh, average ADA practice. And, and uh, you know, the ADA always comes out to statistics and they say, well, the average dental practice uh, here in uh, just the last few years is basically doing 800 to a million, 800,000 to a million dollars gross. Uh, and there's a profitability of anywhere from 90 to 200,000 dollar net. The, the average owner doctor is making uh, somewhere between uh, 180 and, and uh, 220 uh, at best, um, according to the statistics that, that I've been able to find. Um, the stage two practice is still a solo practice. Now the um, uh, basically the gross income now is, is uh, progressed. It's between one and two million and there's a net profit of anywhere between 400 to $800,000. Then you move into um, what I call a stage three practice. This uh, now, now as a practice, it's a multi-doctor practice. In other words, there's a founder doctor and uh, it usually one, at least one associate. Uh, now uh, this practice moves into the two to $5 million range. Uh, they've got a solid seven figure net income now uh, coming into that practice. And then you go into stage four. Um, this is what I call a team leader driven practice. Um, this practice is, has cleared the $5 million mark and has a very solid um, seven-figure income. So I want to go through uh, with you, John, um, we'll talk about um, some of these stages. Um, obviously, since we're talking, when, when I say the ADA average, uh, a lot of, of our listeners may be in stage one, so we'll spend some time on that. Um, but, but again, my, um, my goal in this program is that I, I just want everybody to know what the path is, what can be on the horizon. And, in, and I am in no way suggesting that everybody has to go to a stage four. It's not necessarily for everybody, but I want you to understand what stage you're in. And, and uh, we'll go through some things that will help you to be better in that stage and to be able to look out in front of, out in front of the boat <laughs> and have your compass yes. and see through the fog, see the horizon and decide if, if that's where you want to go or if you want to drop the anchor map- and be happy right there. Let me say yes, one thing ahead, real John. quick, because if I'm going to, I want to be a dreamer for just a minute, because many people here listening on this, they're thinking maybe, yeah, I'm that stage one practice. Or I'm that stage, stage two practice. And we were there. Let's take a deep breath and let's dream for just a minute, because in the stage four team leader driven practice, that doctor might be able to take two or three weeks off on a regular basis that doctor might be able to retire in his practice. That doctor might care more about his team than his patients. And it is truly a beautiful thing, that stage four practice. Now, to get to stage four, we got to go through stage one, two, and three. And, but, but if stage four is something you're interested in, uh, it is attainable. It really, really is attainable. So from a, you know, if I'm going to sit back and and prop my feet up on the desk and dream and say, boy, what, what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? Well, we've got to put one foot in front of each in front of the other to get there, but it is very, very doable, the stage four practice. And so, um, if no matter what, what level you're in, it doesn't matter. We'll help you get to the next level. We want to help you get to the next level. And just because you've put these down on paper, someone might be between a one and a two or between a two and a three, but, but that stage four practice to me is just, uh, if I was to say in a word, it's balanced. How would you, is that what you would describe? Um, yes. How would you, I mean, if, if you were to describe. It's, it's more, it's all the money you could ever want um, and all the time you could ever want. Oh, that's good. That, that, yeah. that is good. Now, where are most doctors today? Right now, those listening, where are they? Most doctors, stage one. Yeah, according I agree. To the American Dental Association. Um, and, and that's why I want everybody to see these, these levels. Now there's a lot of doctors at stage two. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that I know personally that are probably listening to this right now and they're, they're in stage two yeah. and, and they're doing really well. They're doing, you know, two, three, four times what the average uh, practice is doing in terms of their net income, but they're really working hard. And so, um, I want those doctors to be able to see that that stage two really, um, I, you, you don't want to be in stage two too long. No, um, no, you don't. Because you'll slide back into stage one. And Tony, uh, Dr. Tony Feck, uh, he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me uh, through Sunrise Dental Solutions. He pushed me, gosh, 15 years ago. You got to get out of there. You got to get more help. You're 
you know, right. and so there's a lot of doctors stuck there. Matt, when you started your practice, I know you did time in the Navy and I know yes. you worked in the Navy, but when you started your practice, you were in stage one, right? Let everybody know your story. T tell them your story and what it was like being a stage one practice. Well, I did uh, stage one twice. Um, I, I bought a practice. It was a small practice in a really tiny town of 3000 and uh, walked in out of the Navy, didn't really have a clue about what private practice, uh, found out that people actually don't even uh, necessarily pay their bills, which was a shocker to me. <laughs> I was like, what? So, um, and, uh, you know, I started out and I, I did everything, you know, I, uh, I, I was there, I was first one there in the morning, last one out. Um, and, and, uh, I was answering the phones. If, if my team wasn't there yet, I was ordering supplies. I was out cleaning up the parking lot. Um, you know, I was dusting up rooms if I needed to, uh, organizing things. Um, you know, it was, is all about me and, and, in stage one, uh, it's, it's all about you. Now, the second time I did that was back in 2004. So I started a scratch practice uh, in Springfield, Illinois, bigger town, uh, was told by everybody uh, in the town, all the dentists here are very nice, but they all told me the same thing. They said, Matt, uh, you know, we like you, you're nice. We, we've known you because my other town was just uh, 75 miles away. They knew me and they said, you know, we like you, but, you know, pretty much all the good patients in Springfield are, are, uh, are already going to the dentist. Oh, oh yeah, they're all the good ones. You can oh, have all the bad ones. All the good yeah. ones are, they're already taken. <laughs> so, so I said, well, okay, I'm going to open my doors and I'm going to have all these bad people come in. And um, but it was the same way, only it was a little different my second time around because um, it's a little older and wiser. I started uh, scratch 40, age, age 45. Um, and uh, we came at zero income and didn't really even plan on getting any, any income for a year. But I was OK at that point because I had some uh, money that I'd saved from my other practice. My other practice actually did pretty well. So I had some money on the side. But, you know, I started out with two or three people. We started with three operatories. Uh, I had the capacity to do five. Um, and um, and what I understood was at that point was you need to let people in and you need to let people um, tell you what they want and you needed to deliver it. So um, I wasn't setting up to, because I came to a bigger city thinking oh, I wanted to do more uh, advanced procedures and so on than in the little uh, dinky 3000 uh, population that I was in before. And, uh, but I also understood that people are going to come in because things are broken or missing and things like that. And they were just concerned about maybe one or two things. And, and so I need to deliver on that. And we did that and we got a really good reputation right from the beginning. So, so we went from our three chairs for the first six months and then I put two more in, uh, the, the, the latter half of that first year we were in, and then we took off from there. Mm. Um, but, but. I didn't understand a lot of things because I came from a smaller practice. I didn't understand really um, delegation to the point um, that I certainly do now. Um, but that was the the big thing for me was just um, starting out and, and, you know, you have to hustle in the beginning. There's no other way to, uh, to, to start a practice. You, you can't just say, well, I'm going to be there from eight to four, Monday through Thursday and expect uh, things are going to happen because every other dentist is eight to four. So, and now I think going back, thinking about it was, uh, you know, the other dentist said, well, all the good patients are taken. So, um, but I, I was like, well, yeah, but you guys are all working from eight to four Monday That's through right. Thursday. Maybe if I, I started out working two evenings and two, uh, I started four days, didn't start five. I had Monday, Tuesday were my later days. We did 12 to eight and my Thursday, Friday were my earlier days where we, we worked earlier from seven to, to two in the morning and we spread it out to see what would happen. And, and evening appointments were very, very, um, popular. And we just, uh, we had tons of new pay. I think, you know, we never had less than 60 new patients a month. So, um, and they, and they weren't all bad patients. No, they weren't. No. <laughs> Guess what? They were uh, other doctors that appreciated to come in the evening. They were uh, other business people that uh, appreciated the flexibility we had. Uh, they were people that appreciated that they didn't necessarily have to sit for a two-hour examination, a comprehensive two-hour examination, when really they just had, you know, tooth number 30 had a broken uh, cusp on it. So, um, and those are still things that we carry through today. So how about you? What was, well, what was your beginning like? Well, it was the very same, same type of story. Scratch practice in 1996 when we started 
we we didn't have anything but a bunch of debt. Uh, built a practice, built a physical building. It's really interesting. When I came to my hometown of Chickasha, Oklahoma, population 17,000, I went around and talked to the doctors, the other dentists here, and, and nobody was interested in bringing on another dentist. I find that so funny today because here I was ready to join a practice and finally, you know, being born here I and, and deeply rooted here, we just opened our own practice. And when we started, we sat down with our accountant and we said, okay, for me and my wife and one assistant, how much money do we have to have a month to pay all our bills? And it was it was like $4,500 a month. And that was to pay our student loan. That was to pay um, our business loan. And that was to pay, um, you know, our one assistant. I mean, that wasn't my wife and I eating anything but beans and rice type of thing. And so when when we did get started, we realized that if we work nights and weekends. Uh, if anybody called, we would be there for them. And Matt, here's one thing I did is I called every dental office and I said, our, uh, you know, cause I knew them cause I went around physically and, and introduced myself. I told every one of them, if you're not seeing new patients, would you send them to me? And right. several receptionists said, yes, I would, I, I will do that. And to this day, I believe there were two or three receptionists in d- different dental offices sending me patients and that dentist didn't know it. Uh, didn't even know it. And, and so, you know, um, we, we got busy fast and, 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 you know, it's kind of like, like getting stuck in the mud. We didn't have any traction and we didn't have any grip and we didn't have any systems. And, and if you've ever been stuck in the mud, you know what I'm talking about? You have no momentum and you realize real quick that you, you said you were doing supplies. And so, you know, when, when you talk about the doctor, is running and the doctor running from patient to patient and the doctor was answering the phone calls and the doctor was doing the ordering and the doctor was filling out every lab script and the doctor is responsible for everything. I mean, you and I have both been there and it's pretty chaotic. And, you know, the biggest worry that we had at that time was, can I pay my bills? Can I pay my bills? And uh, you had enough money set aside for the first year. You didn't need to make any money, but, but you know, there, there, there is a problem here in stage one because the dentist will get somewhat satisfied because he's thinking, wow, I'm making what the average dentist is making. And, uh, you know, that, that might be two to four times the average family household income. And you know what? My dad was a mailman growing up, Matt. And, and I think when he retired, he was making, you know, $33,000 a year. $33,000 a year. And so what a lot of doctors do is, is they make a couple mistakes. The first mistake is they start comparing themselves to other doctors, other dental offices that are mediocre. That is such a, such a, such a big mistake. And I, I really believe what I'm about to say. The second biggest mistake, and you tell me if you agree or not, Matt, is when that dentist gets in and he's at stage one practice and he's working hard and he's doing everything. And then he goes to the study clubs and he starts listening to these guys at their local study clubs. And he starts thinking and he starts comparing and he starts saying to himself, wow, I'm as good as them. They've been doing it for 20 years. They've been doing it for 15 years. And man, I'm, I'm as good as they are, man. I've made it now. And then they start listening to the nonsense about, well, the economy's bad or the gas prices is high or the gas prices are low or um, something that the president said uh, and my, it has affected my practice. They're not even talking about listening to their patients. They don't even know how to be engaged to their patients, how to listen to their patients, much less how to listen to their team. And so they're stuck in the mud, spinning their wheels, and now they're thinking, I've made it. What a what a drastic, drastic, uh, uh, mistake that, that we've all made. And then, and then you go to someplace like Sunrise Dental Solutions with Dr. Feck and you see other people like Matt Vandermolen and you're like, holy cow, look what he's doing. And it's really amazing. And then it realizes I don't need to go to these study clubs anymore. I need to start being really careful what I listen to and what I read. Do, do you find that to be true? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's so true. Cause, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, when I was in my, it's always been, you know, it, you, you know me, I'm every, it's always been a game, but I, I remember telling my wife in my first practice, you know, a little town of 3000, uh, you know, when I was in the Navy, I came out of the Navy, 
at the end of the 80s and I was making, you know, like $35,000 a year. Uh, you know, same as your dad as a mailman, I guess. But, um, but uh, you know, the Navy was a great experience, but the money is terrible. So, um, so I said to my wife, I said, well, if I can make $120,000 a year, um, that would be it. I, I've made it. And, um, and, <laughs> and then I quickly did that. And then, and then my wife laughs at me. She goes, "Yeah, it's never enough for you, but, but it's the game. <laughs> it, it's, it's the game." But, but going yeah. back to what you said, so when then I came here, um, you know, I, I had set my goals on, you know, I was, I'm going to do like because uh, my other practice, I was I was doing, you know, 300 closing on 400. So I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to, cause I had heard that guys were doing in that 400 to 800 range. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, because now I'm in big city, I'm big city of Springfield, 125,000. Know, that's a lot more than 3000. So there must be a dentistry to do here. So, but then, uh, you know, I had known Tony Feck from, from before previous from sedation and so on, uh, programs and, and, uh, and so, you know, I'm invited to my first uh, meeting at Sunrise and uh, there you are and some other people and they're start they're talking about way beyond what I had even dreamed was a possible thing. And so and then they were talking about, well, here's what I did. I did this and this and this. And and uh, so that was very inspiring. Um, and it's you know, you are who you hang around with. Right. That's, so, oh, that is so true you pick, you know, it's supposedly five, but I, I, I I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm slow. So I, I pick more than five. I, I try to get, you know, 20, 30 at a time going like that. And they're out there. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's just a, it's, it's fun to play the game along with those, those people. But, but you know, you know, there's people that listening right now, they're, they're listening right now and they, they're doing a million dollars gross as a solo right. practitioner and, and the dental schools of the world, the gurus of the world, the consultants of the world, they're going to make you feel like, wow, you've done something. You've really made it. And, and, you know, you mentioned doing everything. I've got a friend who is very, very high up in the Sonic Corporation. And so let's not overlook how important stage one is to Matt Vandermolen or to me, because it's part of the foundation of what made you who you are as long as, as long as you break out of it. See, when you go to work, for, you know, Sonic is America's drive-in. Do you know what Sonic is? They have cherry limeades yep. and right. burger joint. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, for five bucks or eight bucks, you can go and, and, and drive up. And it's, it's, that's their whole business model. Right. A friend of mine is very, very high up in Sonic. And when he went to work for them and he got hired on at, at the corporation, the Sonic Corporation, guess what they made him do? They made him go and work for a year they made him work in one Sonic restaurant for a year and they made him learn how to, how to do every single thing in that corporation that, that is done in a restaurant on a day that they, you know, he had to make the cherry limeades. He had to take them out to the cars. He's the one, he, he had to do the ordering. He, he had to flip the burgers. He had to take the orders, you know? And so, so don't, don't think if you're listening right now, well, I'll just skip through stage one. You know, I, I would like to move through stage one as quickly as possible if it was up to me looking back now, but also looking back now, that's that stage one practice is what made us who we are today. Right. And you have to understand the fundamentals and, mm. uh, you know, McDonald's, you can't like you, if you've never worked in a McDonald's before, you can't just buy a McDonald's franchise for those very same reasons, um, is, is that McDonald's, uh, people who are franchise owners, they've kind of come up through McDonald's. So they have a better understanding of what their systems are and, and mm. really what it takes to do those kind of things. So, so yeah, am I, am I laughing at myself for ordering supplies only because I did it too long? I'm glad, I, I'm glad I started it because I have a much better understanding for it. You know, yeah. If only we could do stay in the stage one practice and do our one year mentorship or something, <laughs> and then just skip right, go on to stage two and stage three and stage four. But you know, yeah. a true business has true systems with true leaders, right? And stage well, one is is a mom and pop practice. It's not a right. true business, and and right. yet, yet right. it has the makings. Right. But but it's not. Uh, let me back up. 
when I was in stage one, I was not a true business. I had a skill I got from the dental school. When I graduated dental school, I knew everything I ever needed to know about business and everything I ever needed to know about clinical dentistry. What a joke that was. You know, and I had a good dental school education, but it was an introduction to learning. But my stage one practice was not a true business yet. It was a mom and pop practice. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you've worked hard, you've worked hard faster. You're doing 2,500 to $4,000 a day. Um, you've got some pretty decent staff. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, how do you take that, um, and bump it up? How do you clear over a million? How do you do the 1 million to to 2 million, um, dollar practice? Uh, what's, what's, what do you see as the difference with that, John? I like to, I like to look at it like, um, I think a million dollars is like 83,000 a month. $2 million is 166,000 a month. And so the first thing I want to know is what, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be at $2 million and I remember that aha moment for me when my wife and I sit down and, 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 you know, you're in stage one, but every now and then you'll hit a home run and you'll bump up to stage two. And when you're in stage two, it's like you're in the bottom of the belly of that ship and you, they, you see a staircase and you walk up to the top and up there on the top, you're like, wow, that's what this looks like. Oh, that's where I'm going. And then quickly somebody shoves you back down to stage one again. So when, when you start popping out of stage one and going into stage two, you're like, oh my goodness, there, there are some systems here. Um, you mean to tell me I can ask an employee to take the trash out at the end of the day, every day? You, you, you know, you mean, you mean to tell me that when the supplies come in, I can, I can have a system for checking supplies in? You mean to tell me that I can have somebody that will um, help me with my lab cases? Um, man, maybe all of a sudden, Dr. Vandermullen, we don't have enough employees because I'm doing way more things in stage one. And now if we're going to blow out of that and I think about $2 million at $166,000 a month, and then if you're going to work 20 days, um, if, if you're at 8,000 a day, that's about 160,000. Well, now if you're at 8,000 a day, that's a thousand an hour on an eight hour day, right? And now for the first time, you're getting some clarity and maybe some clarity with some systems for the schedule and systems with supplies and new patients. And now the, the, the stresses are maybe getting figured out just a little bit. Does that, do you agree with that? Yeah. And I, I think what you're saying here um, is, is the, the theme is, and uh, this is where I needed a little bit of coaching is um, when I went, uh, when I started cruising into this level, I also, I added some operatories. So, um, mm. and my, my biggest mistake was I thought that I was like, well, I'm going to add some more operatories, yeah. but I didn't, or I didn't add more team. And so that's the theme. What you're saying is that if you're, if you're going to have somebody do this, well, they, you want them doing still clinical dentistry with you, you want them still uh, doing the phone calls and handling the schedule, but all that other stuff, ordering the supplies and, and managing the lab and things like that. Well, that, that takes time. And, um, and also you want to leverage what's going on in the clinic, right? So you, you have, if you have another operatory that's, that's sitting there um, empty uh, in your mind, it's empty. Oh, I got this other operatory and I'm not in there. Well, that operatory can actually have somebody in there with a, with a, an assistant. And so, you know, every operatory that you have should have an assistant there at the same time. And even if that assistant sees one patient the whole day, if they literally sat in that operatory all day long and at hour eight, they saw a patient, you would at least pay for your assistant salary. That's right. That's right. That and of course, that never happens. Um, as soon as you realize that and you put a person in there, all of a sudden, there's little things that take up your time, you know, uh, delivering whitening trays or, you know, a patient's complaining, uh, you know, there's a little high spot or something. At, at least 
all that is triaged by that assistant. So you're not spending your, your time. So, so you, it's, it's really that level two is leveraging your time. Mm-hmm. So you can do more clinical dentistry is the way I would define that. And I think, um, and, and one of the things that happens during this stage, and it was for me, was now um, you're in, in level one, you're like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm in the office the whole time. And you realize in stage two that, well, if I'm in the office, I should really be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is clinical dentistry. There you go. Um, I got to focus on that. And the way I got to do that is I'm going to probably have to spend some time in the evening and I'm going to have to develop these systems. I'm going to have to develop, you know, how do we do, uh, how do we do ordering? How is it checked in? And you're going to spend time doing all that. And that's going to take away from your home life. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I see stage two as it, it can be fairly short amount of time um, because you spend time developing that. And you know, you're talking to your spouse, say, look, I, I'm developing this stuff. This is going to be pretty much, you know, it's, it's almost a one and done with me, some tweaks as we go on in, into the career, but I, I really need to do, I really need to sit down and I really need to define these things so I can have people helping me and so that I can, can do more. Yeah. Um, that's what I see stage two as. Well, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm such a numbers guy and, and, and it is kind of a game for me, just like you, when, when we were bumping into the stage two practice and, and we were uh, working really hard making more money than we've ever made doing way more than the average ADA practice and feeling really good about it. We were in a four operatory practice. I was working out of two chairs and I had two hygienists every day. And this is when I had a major, major aha moment in my career. This is when I decided I was either going to add on or build a new office. And the story goes like this. I had four chairs. I was in two. I had two hygienists in the other two. And one of my hygienists, um, she, she gets pregnant and she has uh, her daughter and, and everything is, is perfect and wonderful. And for a short season, she was out of the office. Guess what? I had three chairs right. and I, my practice took off because I was able to produce more. And I take it back to that time. And I also take it back during that time, there was one particular day. And in the stage one practice, you think you have to do everything. But this, this particular day, I was a stage two practice. And on this day, I worked out of three chairs. And from eight to one o'clock, I had a single crown prepped and we did not plan it this way, Matt. No way. I'm not that smart. It just was like divine intervention. On that day, I prepped eight single crowns on eight different patients with me and three assistants working out of three rooms. And on that day, counting my hygienist, we did $10,000 worth of dentistry on that day, I did not place the cord on every single person. That was a right. first for me. On that day, I did not make the temporaries on every single crown. I may have refined them a little bit, but I didn't make them. That was a first for me. That was a major... Now, now, do I want to be an office that does single crowns on one patient every day? No, but that was a huge aha moment for me because the stage one practice, they're stuck in the mud and they don't even realize it. And for that day, we had a little bit of traction and momentum. And it was like, wait a minute, I delegated some of this stuff. You brought up whitening trays. You mean you, you don't, you mean you don't have to, you don't personally have to um, try in every whitening tray that comes through your practice mat. You don't have to check it, you know? And so um, we had a $10,000 day back to my story that was literally a huge aha moment. And then it's like, how can we do this again? How can we do this again? And it changed, changed some things for our, for our practice, but you're right. It, it stage two is a, is, is, is kind of an exciting time, but, but why can it be a dangerous time, Matt? Why, why can stage two be harder than stage one? Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, I would say the stress level is, is pretty high in this stage yeah. because, um, now it can you're, be. You're, you're working um, harder than you ever did. 
you're it's great because you're making money and that sort of patches things up maybe you can buy a nicer house maybe you start buying a nicer car and uh you know your spouse is getting nicer things but but because you're working so hard on your practice while you're working really hard in your practice um you know you're developing these systems um it's it's a it's a time of high stress i'm not gonna i'm not gonna downplay that and unfortunately uh, we're going to talk about level three um, a lot of times uh, doctors don't see it and they, they don't know what's next. They're just saying, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm making two, three, four times the average dentist, but man, uh, you know, this is, this is killing me. I don't, I really don't know if it's worth it. And, and, and they're getting a taste of things. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but the other part of this is that not only are you using people um, to do things that, that, that you were doing before, but, you're starting to build up some people at this stage too. You're, you're starting to develop leaders, defining leaders. You're defining, okay, you're in charge. Not only do you do this, but you're actually in charge of this. And so there's the beginnings of that. And so that takes time um, and it, it can be very draining. Um, and if you don't see beyond this, uh, I, it's easy to say, well, you know, before I, I just, you know, it was just easier that they start forgetting about the gains and, and you start looking back to that stage one and go, well, it wasn't so complicated. I kind of just showed up, we did our thing and, and we were done and that was okay. I mean, you start doing all these rationalizations and, and I see that a lot uh, with private, um, private practitioners and it, it just, uh, it makes me so sad. Um, well, how many, how many times have you heard the story of the, um, uh, and I've heard this many times because I, anytime I'm around, a group of dentists or, uh, you know, I always like asking questions and, and how has dentistry changed throughout your life? And, and I, I've heard this story many, many times where, you know, the doctor comes on and within three or four years, their practice is doing great and starts bumping into what we're now defining yes. as a stage two practice, whether it's the seventies, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s. I've heard these stories and the doctor's like, man, I was just killing myself. Right. And really what they're saying was, I had to make a decision. And so, Matt, there's people right now, there's doctors right now that they're being successful. Um, maybe their home life isn't what it should be. Maybe their relationship with their wife isn't what it should be. Maybe the time spent with their kids is not the quality time that it should be. Right. And maybe they're questioning, is it all worth it? You right. know, and you, I think that on top of that, and, and just... Uh, just on top of that is basically have a feeling like I'm always working. I'm, I'm always working. I'm never, yeah. like you said, I'm not, I'm not really with my family. I'm always working. Yeah. And, and to some degree, uh, like I said, it, there is some sacrifice there. You, there's at this level, there's some sacrifice going on, but, and, and if you don't understand what you're really trying to accomplish at this stage, then it's going to be demoralizing and, yeah. and it could be very costly in your personal uh, personal life as well. So you're, you're right on it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter what the dollars are that we're assigning to this. It's that same, same thing. Um, so what would you say? It's also a point where a lot of doctors overextend themselves too. Yeah. Because yeah. they're getting some money and then they blow it on the nicer things. They might live in an area where they're in the sort of the doctor neighborhood or the, uh, you know, people who own businesses neighborhood. And so they have to keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. And then, so now, now, even though they're making more money, they're stressed by, by the very thing <laughs> that, that they're making more of is that, 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 that their things aren't matching up for them. So, um, so this is a, it's a, it's a danger. It's like you said, it's an exciting time, but it's also a dangerous time. It really, it really, really is because, because stage two, um, I would, I would hope that if I was to go through this again, um, when, when we started bouncing out of stage two into stage three, um, only because of help from mentors did, did they personally tell me, Hey, you need help. Hey, your practice is plateaued. Hey, you can't work any harder than you're working. And sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. So there's a doctor right now listening and they can't see the forest for the trees, Matt. All they know is the relationship with their family is not very good. They're maybe maybe the relationship with their team isn't that good. Maybe they're stressing out and freaking out on their team, and maybe they're not being a good leader. Maybe they're being like a spoiled, rotten little kid who throws a fit every now and then. That's not leadership. 
that's not even leadership 101. And, and the only reason I'm, I'm saying that is because I was there and it's no fun, but those are all symptoms. So that person that might be making net more than they've ever made, but they're even questioning, should they become, should they have become a dentist or not? What, right. what's the cure? What, I mean, what, what is the cure for this? Well, the cure is, the cure is to what I call just taking the leap of faith. Yeah. That's, that's, that's stage three. And, and that leap of faith, uh, let's face it, most dentists are introverts. Uh, we would rather be by ourselves, uh, out hunting or out skiing or, you know, out on the golf course alone, um, than, than being with other <laughs> than being with other people. I mean, that's just, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm a slalom skier, a slalom water skier. You know, you, you are too. And, and yeah, duh, we're dentists. We, we like, we like doing individual type sports. We don't like being around a lot of people and uh, we're very competitive though. Dentists are very competitive and, and hard workers. I mean, and we're talking about all these levels and, and I, I've never met a dentist that isn't a hard worker. It's just that they, they don't have that path. And so uh, that's I, I'm very passionate about this. I'm glad you've joined me with on this because I, I just feel so strongly about this that there's really no path for for dentists to know to understand where they are, and where they can go. And so, getting back to stage three is this is a leap of faith, and that leap of faith is that you need to bring on another doctor. Mm. And 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 boy, um, you know we could spend <laughs> a whole uh, a whole talk on 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 bringing in an associate but but basically if you want to get away from that stage two and go into stage three you need another doctor and uh just my own story on that is that um you know we uh i this is um i brought another doctor so i started in 2004 uh and then i expanded uh i expanded the office in 2009 in preparation I had a really good year in 2009 but i was tapped we, we did two million dollars that year and, uh, and I said, there's just no way I could do more. Um, you know, I'm running from room to room. I had lots of assistance. We, we really were cranking up. We were ex- accelerating into this, brought in another doctor, uh, an excellent doctor, very nice, fit in really well with the team. And, uh, she did, um, she did $600,000 that, that first year, but guess what? Our practice went from 2 million to 3 million in that same year. Mm. So so her 600,000 was great, but guess I thought I was, I thought I was tapped out at what I could do. Well, I wasn't, it was just that I was doing a lot of procedures that, uh, didn't allow me to expand my productivity. So, so in effect, um, and some of it was hygiene too, but let's say, let's say maybe 20% of that, or may, maybe, you know, at most a hundred thousand of that might've come from hygiene, but it, it allowed me to do another $300,000 without missing a beat. I, I wasn't, I didn't work any extra days or anything like that. So, so. Okay. 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 You got to stop right there. I had, I had to be coached into that. Like you yeah. said. Well, listen, listen, you, you, you started off by talking about, you know, what you don't know, you don't even know that you don't know it. Or you said something like that in the very beginning. And there's guys stuck in stage two, frustrated and not even sure if they've made the right decision, even though they made a lot of money or they're making a lot of money, they have a good lifestyle. But now you're telling me by bringing in another associate doctor, it freed you up to do more. You thought you were tapped out. You thought you couldn't do anymore. You were working yourself to death. What, what is life like now in stage three? Right. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different ballgame. You're, you're not, you're, you're letting your associate who's typically a younger uh, dentist still learning things. And so they're, they're doing the more uh, elementary procedures at first mm-hmm. and they're happy to do them. Uh, you're mentoring them. Um, but even that doesn't have to take up that much time. There's just a lot of things that, that happen in a practice. When you have two doctors, for instance, let's say, let's say you're John, you're buried in a, in a surgery and you've got a patient in uh, in hygiene that needs a check. Well, you're buried in your surgery. Are you really going to want to get out of your surgery to go check someone who has something that's bothering them? Or do you want your associate doctor who might be in a lesser procedure or maybe not even busy at all at that point to step in and help that patient? It gives your practice so much flexibility, Matt, so much flexibility. And the productivity and efficiency goes way up. Yes. Um, And, and really besides leap of faith, I just have to say, you know, the owner doctor, you have to let go. 
you can't you you now are in a leadership position where you're talking about this is who we are your 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 people understand who you are and what you're about and then you're working with your associate doctor to to do the same um and you know you become you you're now the leader ceo visionary um but you're really now at this stage you're pretty pretty much the clinician you're not doing any other extraneous things and this is Uh, this is hard to grasp you hear me this is a whole different way way of thinking because you're still the clinician right and you know you say well i I still need to manage well the answer is no um this is where you're gonna um now you're gonna have introduce uh what we call an operations manager uh some people call it chief operations uh manager but 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 basically it's an operations manager this is someone who is the manager she's the boss or he's the boss so all the all the staff including your associate doctors this is their boss you're the only person that you're managing is that person um and 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 that's it so you have one person that you're managing and then the whole uh team you are their leader you are their visionary okay now i have another question you hired this associate, they did 600000 and your practice went up from $2 million to $3 million. Here's my question. Is that associate still with you? Yes. Uh, Ten years later, she's still with me. Okay, so listen. If you're listening on this call right now, do not expect that to be the case. If, if you're, Do not think you're going to bring in your first associate and everything's going to be uh, you know, a, a bowl full of peaches and everything's going to be good. Because um, I am situated... 30 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. I have been through multiple associates. Um, My first one starting in 2006 and several of them. uh, I had several female associates. They were all outstanding. They would come for a year. They would do their, their tour of duty with me for a year. And then they would go somewhere else back to the big city. And that was okay. We still are in touch with all of our associate doctors uh, of the past. And I've gone through many, 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 I, I, I don't want to, um, you know, going from the stage one to a stage two is a journey. It's, it's, it's an infinite journey that never ends. And then stage three is part of that too. I've probably been through five associates and today the, the associate doctors that we have, uh, I'll look myself in the mirror and, and I will say, that these are going to be here a long time and you know what they could leave tomorrow and that's okay. That's the point I wanted to make. I can't believe your first associate is still with you, Matt. That is awesome. But do not think that when that first associate comes, that that's going to, you know, how many of you listening to this call have the first hygienist that ever started with you still there? How many of you have the, the first person you ever hired assistant or front desk or hygienist or uh, uh, associate doctor, is that person still with you? And that's just not the case. So Matt, you're, right. you're, right. you're, so yeah, it's fortunate. And, and that first associate, she's like you, she's practicing basically in her hometown. So she came back to her hometown. So she, Good. she had two other associateships, uh, different, different places, and then basically came back home. So, so that was a win for her personally and, uh, and professionally. Huge so win that, for you, Matt, huge that, win. So that's not always the case. And that's important. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, Dennis, we always feel like such failures or what did we do wrong when people leave? But that's just one of the things that people do. They, they leave. And it's, it's nothing really to do with you. They just have their own life. And that's so right. this, this idea that everybody's going to you know, work with you and retire with you maybe even is, is, is crazy. That doesn't happen in any industry. So, what, do you, what do you say when somebody comes to you and they say, you know, my husband took a job and, and it's three hours away and we're moving? Uh, what, what do you say to that person? Um, well, you always wish them well because uh, they've done well what they do. And, and uh, you know, in my practice, uh, our goal, and just like I talk about this podcast, is to, uh, to, to basically um, have, have people become, or in, and it's an ongoing thing, is always to work on being, becoming the best version of yourself. So when I have someone that's been with me two, three years, I'm looking at that person going, okay, are they a better person now than when they started? And if they are, that's a win for me. Um, and, um, and that's also been a win for our practice. And as that person's been in there, and that's why we're talking about developing systems in stage two, and, and you're continuing on with that. Um, in stage three, you've got leaders that are actually hmm. 
honing up those those systems or they're seeing problems in their developing systems that you might not even be aware of now you you're talking say, you might be saying hey there's a problem here can you guys figure that out and and they do so so you've got all those kind of things going on and and you've got this whole structure going on so uh you know i'm always kidding around with my staff or my team um saying you know you know, they'll, they'll start saying, well, this person, this person's in charge and only, and when they start saying things like only they know how to do it and they do it well, then I go, then I always say to them, I go, but what about the bus? Yeah. And they all know, they all know what that means. That means if that person <laughs> gets hit by the bus tomorrow, That's right. what's going to happen? Yep. And so the bus is, the bus is always out there. And what's so funny is my practice, when we started scratch, we were way on the outskirts of, of uh, Springfield and now Springfield's come out to us. And, and now we know we really made it because now there's a bus stop right at the corner of <laughs> <laughs> my office. <laughs> and I, and I look at my team, I don't say it too much, I'm a general team, but I'm always looking at the team leaders and go, look, there's the bus. They, they put a stop there now. Now, that's how important this is so that, that's right so when someone leaves it's it's like okay you know someone else is going to step up next man um, up next man up that's right and we'll we'll talk about that uh, in, in the future if we haven't already john is uh, you know as you have that um you know you have that on deck um, person but yeah, matt no i, I got to tell a story because yeah, because um the stage three practice what you're saying is that the systems are becoming defined and they're becoming very, very defined systems. And your, your, maybe your operations manager and your team leaders are working with you, the visionary. You're no longer on the belly of the ship. You know, are, you're really no longer on the, on the top deck. You're either steering the ship or you're up in the crow's roost, sitting there, watching everybody work, looking out ahead, saying, this is where we're going. It, you know the crow's the crow's nest or crow's roof. It's the very very top of the mast. So when the when the sails are out, that that guy is crazy. He's at the very very top, looking to, to for the vision and and your your operations manager and your team leaders. They're helping with the growth of the practice, and you're looking to continually improve this. And and I have to tell this story. Three years ago, my son and I are hiking. Uh, in the Gunnison National Forest um, in August. And August is always a late month. And so we are in the back country and we come across this, this rim and we had to go over the top of this rim to get to where we were going. And when we got up to the top of the rim, I told Preston, I said, hey, Preston, let's, let's pull our phone out and let's just see. And sure enough, I had two bars. And so I called my wife who happened to be at the office that week. It was, it was on a Wednesday and Angie is, is at the office on Wednesdays and it was the end of August, Matt. And I will, here's another aha moment in the stage three. I said, Hey, how are we doing? And we had already been, been in the mountains for seven days and we're at this rim and I get a signal and I call my wife and she said, you're never going to believe this. I said, what's that? She said, um, we're going we're gonna to collect $500,000 this month. I said, what? She said, yes, we are having the best month ever. This is a record August month in the history of the world for our practice. And, right. and, and where was I <laughs> when I heard this it. news? <laughs> where, where in the world? I mean, I was so humbled and I felt so insignificant because at some point the doctor thinks I still have to be the one primarily running the practice and I have to be the one that's leading the team in the various departments and running the systems and I have to develop all this. And no, 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 I got out of the way. In, a, in, I, in fact, Matt, I was so far out of the way, I did not even have cell phone service. And it was kind of a once in a lifetime trip with my son. And if you've ever had one of those once in a lifetime trips, if you're a business owner, you're like, Man, forget the rest of the world. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk away, and I'm doing this trip with my son. And here I am, seven days away from the practice, and I get that kind of news. And that's, and I didn't realize it then, but that's when you realize you're right now. I realized I was, I'm realizing that I was in that stage three practice. So those of you doctors listening, imagine taking a week. And going somewhere. Maybe you go on a mission trip. Maybe you take your family to Hawaii. Maybe you go go through Europe or something, and you hear your team say, 
we had the best month ever. You know, now that means you're the, the doctor. Does this mean that in stage three that you're you're still not ever? Well, let me say it the right way. Let me ask you this. It, does the stage three doctor, is he still always working hard on the practice, not in the practice? Explain that for just a minute. Yeah, I think um, in stage three, you you are, you're, you're, you're working hard, but it's a, it's a different way, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you're recognizing, I, I kind of like what you said, the, the guy up in the crow's nest is crazy. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I just chuckled a little bit to myself when you said that, because, because that's the kind of response that, so, so now you, if you're really a visionary and you're looking out, you're saying to your team leaders, you're like, Hey, um, you know, I heard that this might be possible and I think we should do it. And I, and I, want, to do it. And I, want, to, I want to do it by this time. And they go, they just look at you like, that's crazy. And uh, I love it. I love and, it. Uh, and it's only crazy when you don't understand where that is. And so, and, and so what's great is they, they'll say, well, you know, they have to trust you. Let's, and, and at this point they should be trusting you. So they have to trust you and they're like, okay, let's put it together. And then what's, what's a really cool is just to, to see their amazement, how things come together and that they get to take credit for really putting something together. So whereas mm. when you were in stage two, you're literally piecing these things together yourself. And then you're coming and you're saying, here, do this. Essentially, that's what you're doing. Uh, here's the plan do this and then you check up on them and, and and they may have some input at that level. But really when you're in stage three, they're, they're putting this together. You're just saying, I, I think we should do this. And then they figure it out. Um, and then, and that is so cool because now they own it and it, it becomes a part of, of what's going on. And so, so like you say, you know, you don't have to be there uh, to, to all these, they've, they've already become part of that culture, part of what it is you're trying to do. Mm. You created this, this thing that's beyond yourself. And, and, and that's what's, that's what corporations are. I mean, the difference between the mom and pop that always stays a mom and pop and some really big corporation is the, the ability to leverage you, um, across a whole bunch of people through a bunch of systems, uh, and, and, you know, in, in, in many cases through many locations, which I'm not talking about right here. We're staying, we're still staying in one location. Well, I, I think to take that one step further is when you become that crazy visionary guy up in the crow's roost and, and, and you share that vision with your team and your team goes forward with it, then you start loving on, believing in, empowering your team like never before. But the flip side is reciprocated because your team is like, man, let's go do this. This is going to be fun. And Matt, how how many times has your team done something really, really incredible, really, really awesome that maybe you weren't part of? And man, they are so proud. They are so excited to report back to you that it went so unbelievably well. And 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 you you bring up the craziness, the crazy visionary don't you want to be, let me make sure I'm asking this the right way because there's people listening here. I want to make sure they get this. When you become that crazy visionary, you know, the, the visionary owner of the practice, maybe you're, you now have a, an associate doctor or two or three associate doctors. I don't know. But once you become this crazy visionary person, don't, don't, don't you want to find other people, other like-minded dentists that are just like you and you want to quit listening to to the, the griping and the complaining uh, at the local uh, dental society, or if you go to those local dental dental study clubs, you go there understanding what you're going to hear and knowing maybe you're going to help somebody, but not to take anything away from it. Do you, do you understand what I'm at, what I'm saying here? Right, right. When you're when you're in stage three, uh, you got you got to find other. Uh, yes. You got to find stage, stage three people, and uh, they're usually in other locations, like you said. So you get through organizations, you, you pick organizations. Uh, Sunrise Dental Solutions would be one where you have a lot of like-minded people. Um, I think, though, um, and this is what I've done, and, and this was very helpful for me to shore up things, is that you, you do associate with people that are uh, in stage one or two with the intent to help them to uh, basically give them a hand up to where you are in stage three. And so obviously that, um, that, that helps that person, but it will also help you to, um, solidify, uh, 
you know the the systems and the the basics that you that you had to go through to to bring yourself up to that level three so and a lot of times coaching somebody in those other levels um it helps you um you know it's it's a two for sure he who Um, teaches learns i mean that 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 i mean that's why we're doing this because um you're you know here we are in the middle of this covid stuff um this pandemic and you know, this is so good for me and I know it's good for you. And we're trying to think like what it was like when we were in stage one, you know, and don't, you know, embrace that. Don't ever forget where you came from, but how do you get out of it? And then stage two is, is not the end game. Stage two is something to, to jump into stage three, because I don't think stage three, stage two is a stage that you stay in your entire career as a dentist. Right. Uh, I, I, you're, you're right about that. I mean, all this stuff takes time, but that, that stage two is something that you want to move through in just a, you know, a few years time. That, either, you don't either you move forward or you move back. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be in there 10 years. I mean, and there are people and they're, they're miserable. So you, you need to get out of that. And, yes. um, and that leap of faith for stage three is, is, is it, uh, and letting go. And then, so now you're in stage three, uh, what's next? Uh, well, stage four and just, and it, it, it comes naturally because now, uh, you've built, um, some income, you've, you've built a lot of, you've beat, built leadership teams, you've got a culture in your practice. And now you realize that, um, that you, 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 if you choose to do so, you don't necessarily have to do all the dentistry either, because now you've got a team of other doctors that are doing really well, uh, what they do, they're eager to learn, uh, maybe some of the procedures that, that, that you tend to specialize in or, and, and may, and you can make these choices. You can say, well, I really like doing the, you know, I really like doing all on whatever cases. And you just decide, you just decide that's, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to do composites and crowns anymore. I'm just going to do it all in whatever cases, or maybe, maybe you're just one of these guys that's really good at dentures and, and you decide, well, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do dentures. I, I like, you know, dealing with uh, the people in that, that thing. And that can be still very profitable. If you combine that with doing some surgery and some sedation, um, that can be very profitable. And, uh, and you can kind of stay out of the way um, doing those things because those types of procedures are for the most part, one room procedures. So you're not taking up a lot of space in your, your um, office and you're allowing your associate doctors to grow and your, and your team to grow. Um, and then you, you know, some, I, there's doctors that work just a, a few days a month. Um, That's but, right. The important thing now is that, you know, as the founder of this practice, you're, you're still your, your main function at this point is to remain uh, the visionary. Um, and um, not that other people aren't going to grow to a level where they're going to start saying, hey, what about this direction or that direction? And, and that's, that's really cool, too, because um, you sort of have fresh inputs on things. And now you don't necessarily have to, I mean, you're still going to keep that circle of friends that are at your level, but, but now you've got people in your own organization that are actually um, starting to dream and think um, forward for the practice. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. Oh my, that, well, that is a beautiful thing. And, but that gives that doctor, once you get to stage four, how I know lots of guys that are there um, one of my mentors for the past 20 years is Dr. Tony Feck. And I think he works eight days a month. That's his choice. Now he's retired in his practice. He's still passionate about dentistry. Dr. Ted Morgan's another, another one. He's in his seventies. I love him like a, like a father. And he literally, I think, uh, takes two weeks off a month. And I think when you get to the stage four team, uh, leader driven practice, I think that, um, as the visionary, you start caring more about all your team, not just your nucleus, not just your core of team leaders, but how can you grow people in general? And and it's more about growing people. And like you just said, when you have an employee that might be a team leader and they're so excited about growing another employee, okay, right. that's when you have something special. That's when it's no longer about me. It's no longer about you, Matt Vandermolen. It's no longer about my office uh, uh, team. Maybe it's not about my team leaders. Maybe it's about how do we grow and develop our newest employees. And right. and th- then it becomes about w- what is your vision and where do you want to go? 
and how do we continually improve the culture of our of our team? Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, you know, I I I tell my team, and and it took me. I, I mean, I probably just really quote unquote discovered this uh, maybe six years ago. Um, that really, I was really in the business of building people. Mm. Uh, dentistry was our product, so to speak, but but my real business was uh, building people. And so, you know, going back to you know, what do you do when people leave? Well, um, it, did you accomplish what it is that you're trying to do? Have, have that person be a better person than when they started? If it's a that's yes, right. <clears throat> then that's a, a feel good thing. And um, and team leaders building other leaders, uh, you know, I joke with them. I'm like, okay, what happens? You know, if you get pregnant, sick, whatever, you know, what happens when the bus comes? And they always laugh at me, but but they know, they get it. They don't take offense by that. They they understand that uh, and the importance of, of of what we're talking about. And basically, this whole this whole game that we're playing is 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 the long game there's there's not a beginning and an end is 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 uh we were talking about this before we 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 started recording the podcast is that um you know as long as you're in the practice you're engaged in the practice you're in the game your 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 position in the game changes um but you got to be all in Mm. and um, and if you're not going to be all in then it is time to exit and let other people uh take take that take on take on the game and and that that's okay uh everybody has different times when they're going to do that but i i really feel like you got to be you got to be all in you, you can't treat your dental practices as a as a side business <laughs> you know and when, when people say well i have a side business that immediately tells me probably it's not profitable um, <laughs> because, because in their mind it's just a side thing it's it's an aside and and i hate i hate that term um but uh i i think I think, uh, John, if you'll agree, I'd like to do a, another podcast. And, and, and uh, so you brought up the COVID-19. Uh, um, I think it'd be good to explore a little bit of that and talk about stage one sort of startups and, and some, of the, some of these fundamentals that we talked about uh, very briefly today, maybe hit on some of those a, a little bit more. Would you, would you agree to do that? Well, well we are going to be all starting back up someday. And whenever that happens, we're all, I mean, in theory, we're, we're all going to be starting off back at you know, when the green light is hits and we all get to start back up, um, some practices are going to be ready and some aren't. So what are the basic fundamentals that, so no, I'd love to do another one for sure. Awesome. Well, we're going to do that really soon in a timely basis. And, uh, I, I hate to cut it off now. I could talk all day to you. Uh, this is just, uh, I'm passionate about, and you're obviously very passionate. So, uh, but we'll bring you on again real soon. And, uh, and, Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you, Matt. Thanks for having me. This has been this has been fun, uh, and we have gone over a little bit. And I appreciate those people listening in. There is hope. That's that's the thing. And I know you're available. I'm available. Uh, we're here to help people because he who teaches learns, and that's what this is all about. That's that's why we're taking time away from our unbusy schedule right now to do this. So, <laughs> <laughs> unbusy in quotes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, John. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at sunrisedentalsolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.